0: Learning daf, hey, we're starting right from the top, uh, actually right from the bottom of Daladum Bays. and we're, we're talking about the types of, uh, two types of brothers who are inheriting their father. There's a type of two brothers who are inheriting the father who, are, who have not yet divided all the assets. So they're holding what's called batfises habayis, just holding it in the original state of their father, and they're all sharing a Chilak in it. That's one way that they can be sharing. And then a second way that they can be sharing would be if they would uh, all inherit it. And then they would divide it, and then they would reunite together. And the Mishnah was providing a contrast between those two types of union. In the first case, where they all just inherit the Tfizos of their father together, and they're just all holding it together. So that's called, uh, so that's in Tfizos of So in that situation, they're going to be Chayib and Meisr Behema. In that case, they're not called Shutaf, they're not really called partners. They're just all holding it, um, they're all holding the father's thing. So they're going to be Chayib and Meisr Behema, but they're going to be Pater. In the kalbon, because since it's just all the father's estate, so it's as if the father is paying for all of them. And we learn according to our abundance, and when the father pays for his sons, there's no Khi of kalbon. Whereas if they divide, dissolve the the of Baiz, and then they reunite, so then they're going to be a classic sh- situation of just ra- random partners. So therefore, they're going to be potter from eyes for But in that case, it'll be. Chayiv in the Kalbun, if one pays for the other. So now the Gemara says in the bottom of Dalam and Bej, Why can't you add another creative case? Why can't you come up with a case where they're Chayiv in both the Kalbun and Meizer and come up with a case where these brothers who are Shutvim are also Pater from Meizer and Kalbun? How can you do that? So the Gemara speaks it out. How How can you figure it out? So you can skip the. Skip the parentheses, but eventually we say it like this: <laughs> If they divide the, uh, all, everything, the property, but except for the livestock, the livestock meaning except for the animals, they divide. So the livestock is still being held all together between of bias. They haven't. There's still like a, a one big piece of bias from the father. But for the rest of the assets, they divided and, and, and came back together. So then they should be chai from both. Because the animals that they have, so the of Behema, they're not regular partners. They're just holding it, whatever the father had. So therefore, they should be in from or Behema. But since the rest of the assets, all the rest of the money, they, they, they dissolved, the tzvizah and reunited. So therefore, they should be they should be chayiv in the kolbon because the, because the assets that are paying for the for the shkalim, those types of things, they did dissolve the pieces of bias and just randomly reunited. And in the inverse, and let's say they dafka divided all the animals, but they did not divide the rest of the property. So then they should be poter They should be from the kolbon because the stuff that they're paying from the, it's all the stuff that's not the livestock, the stuff that was not divided. So it's as if the father paying for them. So there should be a p'tor from the kolbon. But if they since they divided the, all the animals, so they dissolved that part and they just randomly reunited, so that's a new partnership. So the new partnership should be pater from maiz to So Why did the mission like say it? like it's either there's a relationship. You are either chayv in one part to the other. Either it's a matz of Susis of and you are from kabal and chayv or it's a matzav of regular shutfis, regular partnership, and you are from maiz from behem and in Why not creatively make you divided one and not divided and you didn't divide the other part and you could have a case chayv is evzer So Amar this is a, this is what you are saying. This case where they divided the property, but not the animals, and you're saying in that case they're going to be chay of in a cowbone, that only works if the animals wasn't was what the animals were not the majority of the of the property. Then you could say. That since they divided all the rest of the property, so they're going to be chayv and Rove, Let's say the animals were the majority of his assets. Then henin they're the mean, they're the ikker. They're the essential part now, they're the iker. So therefore, whatever the animals are is going to determine whether or not the whole property is considered divided or not. So as long as they haven't divided the rove, and if the rove is the animals and they haven't yet divided it, so then when they pay cowbone, it's still as if they're holding the whole thing with of bias and therefore they're gonna be fought up from cowbone. So this case only makes sense if the livestock aren't, you know, the majority. Then it makes sense. Let's say the, the livestock is only 20% of his assets. So they divided the rest of the 80%. So when they go to pay cowbone, they're just random partners, one paying for the other, and therefore there's a chi of cowbone. But in regard to the animals, they're still holding with Tzvizu bias, that 20%. So therefore, uh, in that case, they'll be Chavim Haizu But the other way around, we'll say it's 80% livestock, And if we haven't divided the 80%, then, then of course, we're still considered uh, uh, as if the father is still paying for our cow cow bones. And therefore, they're going to be potter from pay. Okay. So now the Gemara... The Gemara doesn't really the Gemara is going to jump on the Svar that the whole Mishnah was saying. The Mishnah was saying that before they divided it, their Khayev and Mayswehim and are from Ka'bun. So the Gemara says, why is that? Rabaman Shama Shama had a Shah Nesha, he also called them just because you treat them like one person in regard to Mays At and A You're also exempting him from Kaabun. Meaning, what are we saying? We mean to say, yes, it's true that they're and my We understand that they're Khaiv and Maysrahima. Why? Because Lamaisa, they're still holding a of saviyah, so it's a chumra that the Torah gives that those aren't considered real partners. Even though the Torah exempted partners, not these types of partners. Partners who haven't yet divided the assets and are just holding whatever their father gave them, all collectively, those are not real partners. And we understand they're chive and miser. But that's not a sevar why they're pater and It's not really like the father's paying for them, right? They're still ultimately two people. Two separate chayyuvim who are using one big shekel coin to be yotsi for both of them. So it's a very fancy svara to say, since they haven't divided it, it's just as if the father's paying for them. Like, if a father literally pays for him and his son, we learned in the mission that he's potter. It's like more of like an act of chesed, you know, than one person paying for the other. Fine. But just because here we're not classical partners and it's all dad's estate doesn't really mean it's like the father is paying for us, right? So the Gemara is bothering in Svara. In this case, before they divided it, why we are saying it's Pata menakabah? that's Rav Shammai's question. He doesn't like the Svara, that before they divided it, it says if the father is paying and therefore they're patah. So, It's different from a classical case of two people where they're paying with one coin. Because in this case, He's, there's one whole cella. So what's the point that it's one whole cella? The point was, since the estate was never divided, then, then it, it basically is always considered still always to be a single property of the father. And it's as if the father is paying for the kid. So there's not much of a give and take here in, in the Gemara. It's like, this is what's difficult. It's very choppy in the Lush. And no one's really saying anything. In other words, one person was saying, I don't really the svaro. Why, before they divide it, it's not really considered like the father's paying. And the other one was responding, no, it's admonish like the father's paying. And therefore, they're still, and that's why it's as if when the father pays for him and himself, um, he does not, him and his son, he does not have to give a Kaaba. Okay, so the Gemara asks, if you're saying that that's true, that when you're holding on to the fathers inheritance, so it's as if the estate is totally intact, we're just all collectively holding it. Even if they did divide it, but if they come back into a partnership, so what's the halacha? Because if, even if we did divide it, and we did dissolve that original a bias, but once we combine it again, so we're basically bringing back that original estate. So why don't we say it's still considered like dad is paying for us? Meaning if you're saying that when it's a bias situation, it's as if the father is paying. So even if they divided it, if they reunited, so they brought back their tfis a bias. So in that, but the Mishnah said that once they divided it and came back, and then it's just a classic, typical case of partnership where I have my asset, you have your assets, and I'm just paying, if I'm paying for me and you, I'm so what's going on? If this far tfis a bias is true, the Gemara is saying, even if we dissolve, if we come back, it should, it, we should reinstate this concept that it's just a collective ownership of, of dad's assets. So the Gemara says, it's not true. Two brothers who inherited their father and divided it. It's just like two brothers-in-law who inherited their father-in-law. Meaning to say, brothers-in-law is like a way of saying they're strangers. They're not really, they're not really connected. So there's no way, um, there's no way to... Uh, to, since they're not real relatives at all, there's no original estate that's going to come back. That's the point. So Gemara is saying this whole concept of thesis of bias, this like unique situation where we inherit together and before we divide it, it's all just a unified thing that we're holding together is only shayich before division. And before division, we can look at it like that. But once we divide it, if we reunite, then it's just like inheritance which random people are holding. Let's say you had, you know, two brothers-in-law who were holding an estate that they, you know, the stuff that they got from their father-in-law. We wouldn't say this is a bias, because the idea is, and it's only when it's, you know, the classic blood blood relatives have all divided equally, we still see that, you know, it's the father's bilas of the thing, just it happens to be controlled by his sons, you know, posthumously. You know, after he's dead, we're able to see that the sons are just controlling his estate. So that's a very specific lambda that's all only works before it was ever divided. And in that matzah, we say that if they pay for, for the shqalim from this state there's no kaubon. It's mamish like dad is paying. But in a situation, once they divide it, that whole thing is bottle, And even if they do come back together, that's just a new random partnership. But we're not going to say that it's a tzvizu So in conclusion, at the end of the day, where are we? The Mishnah was saying with tzvizu buy or putthole from kaubon after they divide, if they want to pay from the other, they're haib and kaubon. To contrast that we use maister behema. If they have maister behemah in the livestock, if it's a situation before they divide it, if it's pieces of eyes, they're going to be chayav in maiz Rehima, It's not considered shutvim. And, sh, and if it's not shutvim, are chayav in maiz beheimah. Ma'asein after they divide it, they're shutvim, and therefore they're going to be parted from maiz beheimah. Okay. Now we said <laughs> Where and we have a new question. Where do, they, where do the where go? In other words, the shkalim go to where. To the the buying of new carbonos, that we know. But where does the Kalban go? What usage do they do with the money? Rameir Omer lishkalem, they go to the same place. Rameir says to the same shkalem fund. Rameir is lishitasa. mayor held kahalim is daraisa. It's like mom is part of the chiy of shkalem. So it makes sense. Rameir lishitasa, it should go to the same place the shkalem goes. Blazer Omer l'nedalva, it goes from random voluntary stuff, random carbonos that are you know volunteer to be brought in the mizbeach. Sometimes there is such a concept of communal olos. Whenever the Mizbech was empty, they would just bring random donated carbonos from the Tsibor, and that's what they would they would spend the kabon on. Omar obviously by the of Mikdash, they would have like sheets of gold that would they would plate the of Mikdash with beautiful things. When and the money changers would take them as their as their fee. They were helping out the of Mikdash, obviously. So that was their fee. They would take the kabon for all the travel expenses to help people to get there. Um, to bring up the Yishkelem to Yishkelem, that's all part of, you know, on the business account. That's how it goes, that's where the Kabbalah would be going. Okay, and of course, all of these new tzahars are only within the opinion of the, of the Rabbanon that the institution of Kabbalah to begin with is only within the Rabbanon. All right, continues in the next Mishnah here. Uh, you could combine shkelem into darkonos if it's too heavy to carry them, meaning imagine. You have a huge burden from the whole city sending up their schkalim, so they could exchange this, this, the silver into smaller golden coins. Darconus would be smaller gold. So that's pretty just pretty much a practical point that you don't have to show up with the silver. You could all you know just exchange it uh, in your own town, and then they would carry up the whole town stuff with in smaller golden coins. Okay. Now, kashim just like they used to have different chauffeurs that were set up in the base of Mikdash, the chauffeurs were like pushkas, stucco boxes. And they would have different ones in the base of Mikdash where they were different places of, of donations. So Kachov Shabbat Medina, they would set them up in, in the Medina, like they would make a, you know, from, during the month of Adda, they would put up a special pushka and in the pushka would say, put your half shekel here, put it here. It was very practical. Okay, continues the Mishnah, let's say the people sent their shekel to the base of HaMikdash, they sent it, instead of going themselves, they sent it through a shliach. Now, that's not always a smart idea, because look what can happen here. The coins were then stolen or were lost from the messenger. So what's the halach? If the truma had already been withdrawn before the theft happened, meaning... Remember, there's three times a year, right, when they, they when they return the and and they withdraw from the funds. So let's say I was shokel, I took off my thing and I give it to my shliach, and, and now the base in the base hamikdash they already withdrew the funds. Ah, a day, and I'm still chayv to get my coin there, obviously. But then what happened was is that then the accident happened and my coin was stolen. So then nishba and Magazbar and the messengers swear they have to they have to um, they have to make a shvua to the to the treasures in the base hamikdash that nothing that they didn't, they weren't negligible, they didn't steal it or something like that, they just make a shvua, and then everybody's off the hook. Every single person is off the hook here. Why is everybody off the hook? What's the pshat? L'chor, I should still have to pay my shekel. I sent it through a shliach, it didn't go. Why am I potter? So the idea why why am a potter, is that there's a concept that they would be towing for the coins that were going to come in. Even though the coin hadn't come in, when they were towing, when they were drawing the funds, every, everyone in Kleistah was supposed to have a chelik in it. So even though not everyone's shkallim had come in at that point, but they were able to be towing for all the shkallim which were going to come in. All the time, all, the, all of those. So as soon as I was gave my uh, half shekel to the shliach as soon as I, you know, donated it. At that point right now, what do we have? We have that this one really belongs to Haktish right now. It's a big chiddish. Even though it did never reach Haktish's hands. But since Haktish withdrew on behalf of all the scholars which are going to come, so it's as automatically in, in Hilchot's Chosh Mishpat as if it belongs to Haktish, even though it hasn't reached their hands. So therefore, when it got stolen, it's really getting stolen from whose rishos, from whose ownership, from hectic shit, not mine. So therefore, the gizber just has to swear that he didn't do anything bad. I'm sorry, the shleaf just swears that he didn't do anything bad. And I'm absolved, and he's absolved and everybody's part. <laughs> but if it was not that way, if the trim had not yet been withdrawn at the time, so now... So now the messengers have to swear that they weren't negligent to the people, to the, to the person who sent them. Now the townspeople have to be shokal, a new shekel, right? Because they, they, have to pay, they have to pay again. The shekel, since they, the, in the base of Mikdash, they weren't yet Torim, so, so this shekel wasn't theirs, it was mine, right? That's the key. Bizman, when in the base of are so going to withdraw. They're withdrawing on behalf of everybody. So now the shekel, wherever it is, will become, will become un, under, their, under their possession. But if it's before, I'm sending it before they were Torahim, so then it's still mine. So if something happened to it, then I'm, then, then, then it was my thing that got lost, and therefore I have to give a new one. Let's say they were, I, I gave a new one, and I also have the missing one is found, or the thieves return them. Both the replacement ones and the old ones are considered shekalim. They're both shekalim. The extra one can't count for the next year. So they're just going to be used for both now and this year. And the Gemara is going to tell us exactly what we do with it. You know, one of them is kind of like an extra, right? It's an interesting idea. So we're going to have two shekels for the same year. Okay. So first, the, the, when we analyze the din of the mission of that. If it's too heavy to, to carry up all the silver, shkalim, So we exchange it into gold and darkona. So why don't you make them into pearls? Pearls are even smaller, easier to carry. Why only gold? Shema tells and it's a So the answer is because the price might decline. You don't always want to work with currency because when you deal with Kalim, the price might decline, and the base of will get a lock. It's like what we learned elsewhere and in a different Mishnah and B'charas. Of all, usually most things, uh, uh, the, like by Pidyan like Ben, by you could use not only currency, you can also use Shavakats, you could use things that have value, except for Shkalim, by the Shkalim to donate. You're allowed to put it onto other forms of currency, but you can't put it onto items. You can't put it onto things that are worth money. You have to always keep it on on, on currency itself. What's the Pshave? Why can't you redeem Shqalim with Kalim? The answer is, Because we're concerned that the Kalim might go down in price. There will be a loss to the base of Meqdash. Maybe the price of pearls will go down. So therefore, you can only be poda onto currency. You're not allowed to be poda onto, onto pearls. Okay, now we said that we set up pushkas outside of the base of Mikdash where they would, during the Chodesh Adar, everyone would put their shkalam in there. So the Gemara says, It means for all new shkalam. Not for old shkalam. There was no, because inside of the base of Mikdash, there were actually two different pushkas. One was for the new shkalam of the year, and one was for old shkalam. Old shkalam means that someone who has an old debt to the base of Mikdash from a previous year. So we're not going to use it for this year's carbonos. That's not what it is. But you still might so oh, wait. It's an interesting concept. Some guy was totally, you know, negligent and didn't give. So he would, there was a special box in the base of Mikdash for the old column. So he'd put it into the, uh, into the old one and they would use it for different stuff. We'll see what exactly what they would use it for later in the Masechta. So Himamish, you know, he missed the whole deadline. It's past, so they're not going to withdraw from the funds for the rest of the year. And uh, then you put it into the box called the old ones. Now we don't set up such a box in the in the outside outside of Yerushalayim, shaline, We're not we're not concerned with that. We just wanted to get the new funds in, so they would only have one box. But Tanya says in the baris like that as well. The old shkalem are only set up in the base of mikdash for previous debts, but not there's no old shkalem which are set up outside of the base of mikdash. Okay, now we said that if the shkalem were stolen or lost. So they just have to swear, and then they're potter, right? Either if it was after it was withdrawn, then it was Haktish's loss, and they're swearing to Haktish. it was before it was withdrawn, then it was the person's loss, so they was swearing to them. But definitely the, sh- the, the messengers are potter. So the, the Gemara speaks out, Masis of Shomer talking about a Shomer khinam. A shomer is not responsible when something gets, gets stolen. That's why he swears and he's patah. sachar, if it's a Shomer lobedah, then he's not going to have this halacha. Why? Because if it would get stolen, what's the din? He is negligent, right? He has to pay. Says the Gemara, no, I'm a we're be can be talking about an armed robber. That's more like an ones. That's a type of theft which even the Shamar sacher is exempt from. If it was lost, dealing with someone, the ship sank at sea. So the ship sinking at sea is more of an ones, and again, therefore, even a Shamar sacher would be pot. Okay, great. Continues the Gemara. Amr, um, this concept, this tremendous Kiddush here, that if it was lost after they withdrew the Shekala in the Beis HaMikdash, it's considered hectic loss, as if my shekel was already hectic as. So the Gemara elaborates upon this. Amr, um, Yosib, Baray, of Asa, command Amr, Tomara, Gav, also the the Mishnah is following the opinion that says that the treasurers in the Beis HaMikdash, when they withdraw the funds, they're doing that on behalf of the people whose coins have, have been collected but did not reach the Beis HaMikdash, or even for people who haven't yet Collected, their coins haven't even been collected. These new coins that we're telling and withdrawing are on behalf of all Chal Yisrael. Then it makes sense. As soon as I give my my, my, my shackle to the Shliach, it's already hectitious. But according to opinion, it doesn't look at it that way. No, until your coin goes in, they can't be tarim on your behalf. the mission doesn't make sense because then it's not going to be considered hectitious until it reaches the base of Mikdash and any loss that would happen would be my loss. But the mission follows this idea, this tremendous khadish, determined on what's going to be collected. So therefore, as soon as I give my coin to the Shliach, it's automatically under Hektish's rights. And if something happens, it's Hektish's loss. Continues the mission. And this is an interesting concept. To have a... It's like you have to pay, but to actually have a share, you don't have to pay. <laughs> because they're touring even on behalf of everybody. They, when they take the, those funds, they're touring on behalf of everyone who's going to pay eventually. And so therefore, as soon as I, as I give my coin, it's automatically considered to be under the jurisdiction of the Bezimikdash. And if everyone sends the Shkali. So now... We said you have to swear. The B'etzim, the Mishnah is very hard to understand. Why? Because there's a halacha in Masecha Shavuos that ain't nishpan ala Whenever there's a question of something happening to actish's property, there's no Shavuah that's paid. It's like, sakasa. So why are we making a Shavuah about the missing mshkalim? It doesn't make sense. Blaz, We're going like Reb Shimon says anything that causes money is if, you're, is, is if you're considered to have a sense of ownership of that. So, so too over here. Since the might say you're responsible as a Shomer, so therefore, if, 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 if it's not the way you said it, you would have to pay. So you're considered to be a sense of ownership over the coins. Therefore, it's not just considered straight up hektish where you don't make a shvuah. According to Reb Shimon, Kachem Shuchay Vachrayis is considered to be your asset. So, so too here. These shlichim, since they're watching it, they have a sense of ownership over it. And therefore, they have to make a shavua, uh either to Hactish or to the person, uh, despite the fact that we're dealing with Hactish. Um Rabbi Akholi we can say we're going like everybody not only Shimon, the here it's just a rabbinic shvua. Make din, you don't have to. But here the rabbis made a new din that the messengers should make a shvua. Why? What's the pshat? Because we're very, we don't like this idea. We're really concerned that they weren't careful enough with the thing of the base of Besamekdash. They were given shkallam. They weren't careful enough. We're concerned always for that possibility. So even though the Icarat did not depart from shvuah, the Rav Bonham made a new institution that they should swear to make sure that everybody's going to be super careful when they're dealing with the shkallam en route to the Says Besamekdash. Good question. Right. I don't know. I have to learn you have to see shavuas. Yeah. Yeah, it only sounds like here by the shkallam. Yeah, yeah, no one's going to want to do it. I think also we're going to see that really ideally we don't want people selling the We want people bringing their own coin. says, good. What, what did the Mishnah say? And really, if it was after they withdrew, they, spelled, they, they make a shuwa to the Gizbar. Then if not, then they swear to the people, and the people give other shkal. Tachdem, instead of that. Meaning now, according to it makes sense. Uh, they're they're going to swear to the treasurer. Why? When the Mishnah said that they have to swear to the towns to, to the townspeople, if it was before they were Torahim, that only makes sense, like 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 Reb Shimon. Because we're saying since they have responsibility for the coins, it's a, it, it, right, they're responsible for them. It says if it's their, their coins, not the base of mekdashis, which were stolen, even though it's technically the base of Mikdash is, but there still has to be a But tie. What's the pshat that the messengers are going to swear to the treasurer? In the case where we're saying, well, the trimmer was already withdrawn before the theft. Why would they swear to the treasurer? What does that have to do with Rav Shimon? What do the treasurers have to do here? They're not required to, they're not required to do anything. There's no loss to them. In this case, who would the loss be? Straight up to Haktish. There's no Dara Garm Lamaman here. Where's the Garm Lamaman? If it's before the case, if it's before it was withdrawn, then we understand the Dara Garm Lamaman. Why? Because the person back home if it, it is going to be responsible. So even though it's a matter of Hektish, but since they're going to be responsible, the person back home will be responsible. So therefore, the, the, the shlichim have to swear, according to Reb Shimon. That makes sense. But in the case where the funds were already withdrawn, and the question is... That 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 the base of mikdash incurred the loss. So the, the why well, the mission said that then you have to swear to the to the treasurer. The treasurer is no there's no davar garm on him. He definitely wouldn't have to pay for anything. He definitely doesn't have to replace anything. So since there's no davar garm Mammon, it should be a classic haktish. Why are they paying? In you know, other words, rep Shimon's lundus of uh, the davar garm Mammon only makes sense in the case before if the if the funds were not yet withdrawn. And the question is if the Owner back home has to replace it. There, it makes sense that they should have to swear to him, but not in the case where it was already withdrawn, swearing to the, to the treasurer. There, there's no devra gavna So, the Gemara answers, in other words, you're right, we really have to reinterpret it. It means nishbal in the gizbarim, that the messengers are swearing to the ha gizbarim, in front of, in the presence of the treasurers, meaning really what's going on. It's really a third shot. They're swearing. You know what they you know what they're swearing? They want to collect their wages. You know, they're saying, "Look, something got stolen from me." But Lamaisa, you hired me to send it, you know, to to bring this up to the base I, make this. I did my job. I got stolen from me. So Lamaisa, I want my money. So therefore, they're swearing to collect their wages. It's not they're swearing to absolve themselves, to absolve them guys from the townspeople, because since it was after the funds were withdrawn, they're definitely potter. The townspeople are definitely potter. The issue is they want to collect their wages from the townspeople. That's what's going on. So they're swearing to them that they did their job to collect it. And we're also saying that we should bring in the base of people in front of them as well. There should also be the base of people here. Why? We don't want them to suspect the messengers of having stolen the coins. Or that we don't want to make them like negligent people. Meaning, even if the treasurers themselves wouldn't suspect the messengers, they might accuse uh, of stealing them. They might at least say, you weren't doing such a good job guarding them. So whatever it is, either we suspect them of stealing themselves or that just that they weren't doing such a good job guarding them. So basically what we're saying is that at the end of the day, so they're swearing to the townspeople. Of course, they're swearing to the townspeople and they're never swearing to the treasurers. But the, but the question is that we want the people, the treasurers to be there because it gives, you know, greater credibility here to the shabuah. That's all that's going on. Okay, fine. Um, fine. So now we go back really to this idea that the whole shabuah year was just a midrabbana, and so that people shouldn't treat uh, the Havuah property, property in, in a, in a shvacha way. So the Gemara says, even if the townspeople accepted upon themselves that they're going to pay back the base of Mikdash, even if such a thing, ain't hektish yotze below But there's a rule that the, that ain't hektish below Anything that's owned by the it never comes out without, without, without it, without an oath. That's the We don't want people to, to guard it lightly. So even if they said we're going to replace it. It's an interesting next Kiddush, another point the Gemara is saying. Let's say they said, no problem, we'll give another one. It was stolen, they, the townspeople accept upon themselves to give another one. Still, the, the, the shlicham have to, make it, have to make a shulah. Because once it's a taqana that we don't want them to treat it lightly, it has nothing to do with whether a loss happens at the base of Mekdash, even if it's going to be replaced. We don't want people treating things lightly. So therefore we say, if it was lost while you were a shliach, you have to lamaisa swear. Okay, says the Gemara. now, what happens, Hit for let's say you separated your shekel, it was lost before the truma, the truma was ever withdrawn, but before you gave it to a shliach either. So what happened here? It seems that it was before, before they withdrew it, okay? Before the truma, they withdrew it in the base of Mikdash, and, and you didn't even give it to a shliach or anything, but you're standing, You were ma for shit, and then it got lost. Rabbi Yochanan says, "You're high bakhiris until it gets the gizbar." Because even though you were ma for shit, if it was lost before it came to the treasurer, and the truma was not yet withdrawn, so then you're going to have to replace it with another shekel. That makes sense. That's the posture. he's not responsible because as soon as you separate it, it becomes kadosh. It's kadosh. It's as if it's in the reshus of the base of mikdash wherever it currently is. It's as if it's right now in the treasure in the treasury of the base of mikdash. even before. You, they were toward me. So it's a big chiddish. So as soon as you're mafresh the shekel, it's as if right now, uh, we have Rish Lakish saying, it's as if right now, it's in the Rishos of the base of HaMekdash. So the Gemara challenges Rish Lakish. So the Gemara says, where well, the Mishnah is contradicting him because what did the mission say? Nishpah the Said the messengers swear to the people and the people have to give other golem. So what's the pshat? This is if it was done before if it was lost before, they withdrew the funds in the base of HaMekdash. So it says that the people are responsible if something happens. So if the messengers swear to them that, not, that they were stolen, the townspeople have to replace it. So they're only exempt if the loss happened after it was, the funds were withdrew in the Beis of So we see that we are responsible. So how can we not responsible? So the Gemara says, Maybe Didn't we already say the Shvua was, was a Takana? In other words, what happened? In the Mishnah we came out, the shua really made no sense, right? We said it because so we said it was just a random Takana that was given. We, don't, we didn't go like Rav Shimon. We said it was a random Takana that we don't want the Shlicham to treat it lightly. So maybe that's also why you have to reimburse. It's a dinder Banan. we don't want you to give it through a Shliah. We're like upset that you gave it to some. When something happens, we get upset. We say... Why'd you give it to a Shliach? And not that the Shliach was even responsible so much, right? But in some way, again, especially if it was a chinam and he's a regular, a regular theft, but even if it was an armed robbery. You don't give it to Ashleyach. Once something happens, we have time to send you for doing that. So there may be that whole thing is a din to, uh, like a penalty that you have to give another one. But when you yourself were one at home and then something happens, maybe in a Hanami you are potter. Because as soon as you're it, even before the funds are withdrawn, it's automatically hectish wherever it is. And the concept for this is hectish doesn't need a Kenyan. So as soon as you're maafreshed something for hektish, hectish is wherever it is. So, so, so the loss goes to the base of Mikdash right away. And and maybe you're not high for it. Okay, very interesting svar from Rish Lakish. Fascinating svar. because you know, like by carbon, it's where you have a of, We don't necessarily say that, right? If your carbon got stolen, you might nice, say you need kapara. But here, where it's only monetary, the shekel is only monetary, and I'm mafresh maf- maf- the coin right now. It's that's hasha- theirs, wherever it is. If something got if it got stolen, wherever it is, Rish Lakish is saying that in fact I am potter, It's only if I gave it to a shliach. That's when if something happens, then midrach bono. There's a fine. There's a penalty that I have to pay. That's Rish Lakish's opinion. Rebilchun's opinion was not that way. Okay, so now we spoke about the uh, that what happens if it was stolen. So I was mafresh a new one, and then the old one was found. So both are shkalem. So what do we do with it? So tana rishonim The first goes to the to, to the fund of the new shkalem for the karbanos. Hashini Atikan. The second one goes to the fund of old shkalem. On the old shkalem, they would use for. Um, for, for, for other points, other, other communal needs besides for buying carbonos. So, which is the first column and which is the second column? What do we mean by first and second? We have a dispute here. One, the first column, one person says the first column of the one that they sent first. The other one said, whichever one reached the base of Mikdash first. So, one opinion saying the one that you were mafir's first goes to the carbonos, and this one that, 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 that was for second goes to other communal funds. And the other one says, no, it doesn't make a difference which one with first, it makes a difference which one reached the base of Mekdash first. The first one to reach the base, reach the base of Mekdash is your atom Shekel goes to the Karbanos and the other one goes to the communal funds. Okay, says the Mishnah, somebody gave a Shekel to his friend to give to the base of Mekdash for him. So in other words, he's just giving his own money and he's telling his friend, here, give this to the base of Mekdash for me. But then the friend went, the he gave it for himself instead. So what's the Halacha. So, Nishma, Truma mal if at the time that he gave that he gave it the coin uh the the Truma had already been withdrawn, so that means that what well, that the coin was already hacked as we learned before whenever whenever they're in the base basically make there's deterrent for what's kin- about for what's going to be collected, so therefore. Um, he's, already, he's taking a coin which is already hackedish and he's using it for himself. So that's mi'ilah. He's doing mi'ilah by taking the coin for himself. And we'll see uh, exactly in the Gemara what the terms of the mi'ilah uh, are. Usually the way the mi'ilah is going to work is that if you, uh, if you take the coin of Hactish and it, you make it chulin, you do something with it that causes it to become chulin because of you, then that's going to be mi'ilah. So we'll have to see here how exactly that comes to be. How exactly, by me using the coin for myself as opposed to my friend, am I doing me ila? We will see that uh, more more in the Gemara. The second case, Ashoka, Shuklam, and Ashoka, there's someone who just, in this case, he didn't take his friend's coin, he just took a shekel from the base of Mikdosh itself and he withdrew it for his own personal shekel and he gives it to them. And then the Trimah is taken and the first animal is brought. At that point, he does Mi'ilah. So in this case, the Mishnah specifies something, which really the tell us could have been specified in the first case as well, that the Mi'ilah does not occur as soon as I give them the money because the money is still hectic. It hasn't been it hasn't been changed in any way. Again, Mi'ilah is when you change from being Rishus of the of mikdash to Rishus of chulin. So over here, I haven't really done anything uh, to change it from being Rishus of Haktish to, to Rishus of Hulin. So there's not really any Mi'ilah yet. The Mi'ilah is going to come first when the, the, they, they go and they buy the animal and then the animal is purchased and is brought on the Mizbech. At that point, we say finally, uh, we say finally that the the, the coin now has been, has lost its status of being hektish and has become khulan and then the mi'ilah happens. In other words, it's not just when the hektish even pays for the animal. And the reason for that is, and we're going to see about this in the Gemara with greater detail, but the point is that when hektish pays for something, with the payment itself, it doesn't automatically lose its status of being a Kodesh coin. It really only loses its status of being a Kodesh coin at the point that the item is used in the base of Mikdash. And this is because the rabbis legislated for the benefit of the base of Mikdash that it's only going to be Yotzula Hulen at the point where the item that they bought is actually going to be used. So when we go and bring the animal on the Mizbach, that's when the coin is really gonna become hulan, that's when the Mi'ilo would occur. Before that point, the Miilo would not occur. Continues the mission of Meister Shani Let's say somebody pays a shekel from Meister funds or from Shmita funds. Yochal connect on, you should eat for the value that's equal to them. So, what does that mean? So, in this case, you're using something that's already most Meister Shani monies that have redeemed Meister Shani uh, Kedusha on them or funds that were sold from Shemitah things. So these monies are gone. You're supposed to be used to buy other Shemitah things. So if you're going to use these for the shackle, it doesn't work. You can't use these things for the shekel. It's not supposed to be done. And we'll see in the Gemara, the reason is you can't have the holiness added onto um, something that's already holy. That doesn't take effect. So what you're going to have to do, and we'll see in the Gemara, is kind of switch, switch the kedusha of the Maizrashini onto a different coin. And then the, the coin that was paid will automatically come. Um, will automatically just be for the shackle. But you can't kill the kill two birds with one stone and use both for the same. So now we start, and we learned in our Mishnah, in Anantinim Karva we said that the Me'ila happens not just when the coin is switched, but the Me'ila actually is going to occur only first when the animal is brought. Only at that point did the coin that's paid to the vendor lose its But The bride said, the yeshiva, the Rebbe, said, as soon as the Truma is taken, the mi'ilah occurs, but it doesn't say that it's only when the animal is offered. So what's going on? Man tana, Who says that as soon as the Truma is withdrawn, even before the animal is brought, that already the mi'ilah occurs? It sounds like there's a tana who holds that the coin loses its kedusha. It's considered to be switched out of the kedusha of the hekdish as soon as the trumah is withdrawn, even before the animal is offered. So, what's going on here? So, we say Shimon, he The vendor gets his money right away, and the kornem would just be careful to make sure that it doesn't spoil. So, what is Reb Shima talking about? So, we're talking about that base of needs a lot of wine, a lot of oil for all their needs. So, they would have a vendor; they would always get all their stuff from a certain guy, and they would prepay. And the question is, at that point. Uh, and, and they get their wine and the oil. What if the wine goes bad, or, or the flower is wormy, or something like that? Can the hectares go back and, 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 and get and get new stuff? So normally, by a regular vendor, I mean, imagine if you paid for something and then it ends up spoiling. You try to get your money back. You are not going to get your money back. But for the, the, the benefit of the base of mikdash, we said that the money is not acquired by, by the vendor until until the base of mikdash actually uses the stuff because that way it guarantees that uh, for the benefit of the base of mikdash. Their stuff will always be around and if anything goes bad, they'll be able to go to the vendor and uh, they'll go to the vendor and get and 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 get new stuff and everything will be okay um and so therefore the the money is only considered to switch switch possession once they actually use the wine or the oil rep shimon disagrees rep shimon says no the vendor is macabre the kenyan on the money right away he becomes the new owner of the money immediately and then the coin would just be very careful and make sure that it doesn't spoil so rep shimon would presumably do the same thing by the animal rep shimon would say that the vendor acquires the coin right away and if something goes wrong with the animal Something goes wrong with the animal, but the vendor already acquired it. So therefore, the meila is happening. When is the money switching possession already right away? As soon as they pay for the animal, Masha'inkin. According to the Rabbanan, the same way they say by the wine and the oil that it, the coin doesn't really switch until. Until the animals used, so to here, um, they would say, so to the same by the wine and the oil doesn't switch until it's used in the base of Mikdash. So to here, just because they withdrew the money, there wouldn't be mi'ilah until the actual animal is used. Only once the animal is used are we going to say that the mi'ilah occurred, that the switch actually happened. Okay, so the Gemara has a kasha here the a kasha. We don't understand why there's somebody who steals a carbon ola of his friend and he offers it without any das, without any intent. Isn't the offering going to work for the original owner? Meaning, if I just took my friend's carbon and I bring it, the carbon is still the carbon of my friend. There's nothing that I've done to show that and demonstrate in any way that it's like mine. I can't just switch it myself. So. What we're saying here is that if I take my friend's coin and I just bring it to the base of Mikdash, so the coin is my friend's coin. So what have I done to do Mi'ilah? In other words, what have I done to, to perform a Misa, an act of Mi'ilah that shows that this coin is being given for me as opposed to for my friend? You have to have a way of doing Mi'ilah where I'm, it's already hacked for my friend and I'm taking it and using it for myself. I'm doing something that makes that discernible. In what way is that happening here? In what way is it being clear that it's being used for me as opposed to my friend? I'm just bringing the coin. The coin is my friend's coin. We're talking about where the case, where the shackle is very identifiable. There's a way that you can tell that it's being withdrawn for the friend and not for the real owner. In what way could you do that? Normally, you just put it into the pushka and, and, you just, and that's it. You walk away. So here you put it into the pushka. How is it noticeable that it's being done for the agent, not for the friend, not for the, the original owner? And the answer is... Just like Rabbi Gamliel's house, the way that they would donate, they would put their shekels right in front of the person who was withdrawing the Tremel and they would like flip the coin right in front of him, right as he was withdrawing it to make sure that their coin got withdrawn. Because again, there was a lot of times everyone would just put in the Shkala into the into the Pushkas and then they would withdraw from the funds, but not always not always would it happen that my coin is going to be used there would be a lot of sharia a lot of leftovers so and which wouldn't be necessarily used for the carbonos they would go to other things they would just withdraw the three times a year for carbonos whatever was left over was left over so in Leo's house they wanted to make sure that their coins were going to be used that was not they wanted to make they didn't have to do this but they really wanted to make sure that their coins were going to be used there was no halachic advantage to this even if they didn't do this i mean even if your individual coin is not the one that was withdrawn and used, you're still have an, uh, you still have a share in all of the carbonos at Zibor. It's not like it's it's only if your personal one was withdrawn. But Mercom Leo was just like, they wanted to see it happen. You know, they wanted to see Mamish that their coins were the ones that were going to be used. So they would flip it Mamish in front of the eyes. Mamish in front of the eyes of the... Of the of the people, of the treasurers, to make sure that their coins were used. So if someone came to the base of Mikdash with, the, with with someone else's coin, and he goes and he flips it right in front of the guy so that right in front of the treasurers so that his coin is picked up, so there he's doing an act of mi'ila. He's doing an act of because he's clearly showing that he wants his the coin to be for him. So therefore, that's where there would be mi'ila. So if he just randomly stuck it in the poshka, then in a hanami, maybe there wouldn't be mi'ila. But here he specifically is flipping in front of them so that they should take it. That indeed... There, in that case, there would be an act of mehimah. Okay, says the Gemara another question, but in order to understand this question, you have to like forget about what the Gemara just said. We'll come back to it just from a different angle. And why are we saying that there is miilah? Maybe they wasn't even withdrawn. Remember, they just donate a lot. Sometimes some some of the coins are withdrawn for, for the for the communal carbonates, and some of them are left over. And with the leftover stuff, What is the halach about the remainders of the lishka? Is there miilah? They use it for other communal funds. Is there really miilah by that? Is it really for the base of mikdash? So Elak Ramayr, or Omer me'ilah, We'll see Rameir later on in the mesach that's going to say that even with the shirayim there is miilah, even with the monies that don't go to the base of mikdash. For the Carbanos, there is, there is Mila. We'll have to see his reason. But are we saying that over here, it's only like Rameo and others the Gemara thinks that just by putting it in the pushka, that's going to end up being Mila, says the Gemara. But how do I know that then my coin is going to end up being withdrawn? Says the Gemara, what do you mean? We just said that the case of the Meila was that you flipped it right in front of them as they were withdrawing. Oh, do you assume you've already said the mission was only talking about a case where the action that the guy did was very identifiable. And as we explained, he did it like the house of Reverend Gamliel who would toss it to the person right in front of him. He would, he would intentionally make sure that it was withdrawn. Uh, for the person who tossed it. So once we explain the mission of that way, to explain why there's mi'ilah, then of course we don't have to be concerned that maybe, uh, oh, is the Shiari Halishka not what was withdrawn. Obviously it was withdrawn right away. So we've answered, we've answered our question. So the guy's doing mi'ilah because he's doing, he's flipping right in front of the guy for himself. It's for sure going to be withdrawn and withdrawn for him as opposed to his friend. And therefore there's mi'ilah. There's meela, and as we said, there might, according to our mission, there's only meela when the animals actually offer. That's when the transfer of the money is. According to Reb Shimon, there might be meela before the coin might be transferred. Says the Gemara, the whole question, Ma Nana, what benefit is there? Meela has to be that you're benefiting. What's your benefit? Being Micaim and Mitzvah, that's not a benefit. That's a Mitzvah that's because you have to do it. What kind of enjoyment are you getting out of, out of using the coin for the Shekel? So the since the court has the power to take securities, to take collateral from the people who don't pay, and now because you pay, they're not going to take away securities from your commotion and interest. So that's considered deriving benefit. You're protecting your other assets. If you're protecting your other assets, you're going to consider to be getting benefit, and therefore... You're going to a Bihai of because you're transferring that money and therefore getting benefit. Now we said we said If you pay with the Maizur right, so you can't it can't be the shekel on the kedusha of So you have to be pulled to the Maizur onto another coin. What's the source? that can't be on it. and a firstborn that's born first to Hashem, a person cannot be makdish. We learn Koshu, koshu is a general rule. Anything that is kosher in Kedusha Chalav, a different, it's a, a different type of uh, Kedusha can't be chal. And it just as a carbon bachar. You can't be maktush for a different carbon. A second type of Kedusha can't be chal. So to here, a second type of thing can't be chal. Once the are HaShashini, they can't become also shekel coins. So what are you going to do? Ketzad who so what you do is maybe sell shul and you bring another random coin of chulin and you say The maizrashini b'chamakum you The funds wherever they are should be should be nifted they should be redeemed onto, onto this seller also a so and that new seller now gets the Kadusha of the maizrashini and now the first original coin loses its kedusha of v'asher nashruch the money that he originally gave becomes gets the Kadusha of shkalam so as is that it, the original coin is maos maizrashini and can't get the kedusha of shkalam but if I bring another coin and I make it the, the coin, so then the original coin would be able to be nitvos with the Kedusha of the Shkalim now at this point.